want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide, Six Steps to Infuse Storytelling into Your Live Videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I've got an amazing guest, really. We've been having an amazing, speaking of amazing, conversation before we started about how the online space has shifted. And we met fairly recently, actually, in terms of dog years. Yes, Um, but I think, hold on, we had a sliding doors moment. Don't forget. We may have met many years ago. Wait, okay, tell that story. (laughs) Okay, this is so crazy. And in fact, because you're on my podcast coming up. So Nick was on my podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Catherine Beck. I'm a voice coach, by the way. (laughs) Just jumped right on into the podcast. I loved it. (laughs) And when you were on my podcast, there was a moment, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I started talking about when I was in college, I used to go back and like the second act, the school that I was at was this auditorium theater, this big theater in Chicago. And they always had these amazing musicals. So I would go during the second act, like in the intermission and like go up to the high, you know, area where I could sit down and just watch and awe and just watch his amazing musicals. And I was telling Nick that one of them that I remember watching over and over again was the Who's Tommy. And I kid you not, in the video, Nick's eyes nearly popped out of his head because he was like, my goodness, that that was mine. I, I did that. And that was how many years ago was that? Oh, gosh, 25, 26, 25 years, years ago? ago. Yeah. So we may have had a sliding doors moment. It's quite possible. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I, I did several tours of shows. So quite possible we could have had several sliding doors moments. Several. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Okay. So we'll back it up now. <laughs> I'll actually formally welcome you to the show and let's let everyone know you said you're a voice coach but let's dive in a bit deeper into what that means and who you serve and how you serve them. I am kind of like the anti-voice coach because I never really liked voice classes when I was in acting school. (laughs) So it is really funny that I'm now a voice coach when voice classes was like my least favorite when I was in acting school. I grew up as an actor and I went to college and I studied acting, but my I remember my dad saying, you need to have a fallback. You need to have something to fall back on because acting, you know, is so unstable. So I did a double major in film. So I studied film and acting in school. And, you know, I was would sit in those voice classes bored out of my mind thinking why am I doing these exercises but I always loved acting and I knew that I had to and it wasn't until several years later when I started to become a voice coach that I understood the purpose of some of those exercises but 
I wanted to teach others in a way that they would understand and would relate to them instead of just lying on the floor in semi-supine breathing and saying, oh, and like, it just did not. All did. We all laid on that floor and we're like, oh. oh. <laughs> and I'm like 18 that? years old thinking, what am I doing in this room? I know what's good for me, but I just don't see the purpose right now. So it was many years later that I figured it all out. But I also figured out that voice is not one size fits all. Everyone's got a different voice and a different purpose for using their voice, but it's a universal and a very powerful tool. I transitioned into becoming a voiceover artist, so still acting and performing, but in front of a microphone. And that's where I really felt my most comfortable. And I learned a lot about voice in being a voiceover artist because I've been in many animated series where I've had to play different animated characters where I really learned that my voice is an instrument and then I can shape and mold it to create all these interesting characters and being the voice of big brands and representing, you know, big companies and TV and commercial radio campaigns, radio imaging, where I've been the voice of a, a radio station to corporate work as well. So from that point on, I was hooked on voice, but I didn't want to like just do voice. I, I had to find some sort of alignment to it. And it didn't happen until I left Hollywood. I was living in Hollywood in my 20s. And then I moved to Sydney, Australia, because I fell in love with an Aussie. Uh, As one does, because they are also hot. I have to tell you, we were there. I was like, could they get any hotter? It's like one after the next, all these hot men. It's (laughs) so true. And it's so cliche. I was in a bar on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, in walks an Australian, orders two beers at the bar, and I was hooked. Six days later, I was in love. So it does. It happens really fast with an Australian. And, you know, uh, seven months later, I was married and moving halfway around the world. Wow, that is fast. Really fast. Yeah. But you also have to remember that was before, like, the internet exploded. So we were getting calling cards to call each other. Oh, my gosh. Remember calling cards? Yes. Yeah, I know. He wrote me letters in the mail. Oh, that's so romantic and old school. So old school. And that was only 2004. I know. <laughs> it's amazing how, how we've shifted so dramatically. And I literally, I remember when I first moved to Sydney, he had AOL and it was the dial-up. So you'd hear like, mm-hmm. like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> when, when it was like, because only one person could be on at a time or whatever it was. You remember? Oh my gosh. It was the dark ages. So anyway, when I moved to Australia, I was like, well, how am I going to be an actor over here? So I started to learn the Australian accent. I realized what a struggle it was. I thought, gee, I could teach Australian actors how to sound American so they could book U.S. roles. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, then maybe I need to get some more training. So I begrudgingly, because I didn't like voice classes, begrudgingly got my graduate degree in voice over at VCA, which is in Melbourne. And when I would go to those classes, I started to fall in love with voice again, because 
I understood the purpose. My teachers were really great at explaining why we were doing the exercises we were doing. And I realized that you don't have to teach all the exercises. You don't have to do all the exercises. You do what you need for your voice. And I started to recognize a need in the last couple of years that I was limiting myself with just working with actors, that I had so much more to share, and that there was something pulling me to say that I needed to serve a much bigger audience and show others how to find their true voice if they've been hiding away from using their voice. And maybe they want to be a, a, a thought leader or consider themselves as this great visionary or expert in their field. They've got so much knowledge, but they're holding back. I wanted to support those people and helping them to find their voice. So I do teach voice, but I guess in a different type of way. Okay, I love this on many levels. And of course, I can relate on so many levels because I think, you know, obviously the similar backgrounds and acting school and Hollywood and, you know, although I didn't get that Aussie, but I ended up with a beautiful man too, please. Um, It worked out. It all worked out, (laughs) but no Aussie, but it worked out. I really relate to this also because, you know, a lot of the work that I do is helping people feel seen. Oh, yes. You know, being visible, getting themselves out there. And so I love how complimentary this is in terms of uh, of the voice, of using it. It's an instrument. And Correct. it's a tool, ultimately, yeah. to speak your truth, to get your word out into the out there, out into the world. But 100%. my question for you is, how does one stand out in this crazy, crowded space that seems like there's more thought leaders than ever before? There's yeah. more people, you know, creating than ever before. We were just talking about this a bit before we started, right? That, yeah. that the landscape is shifting yet again. How do you stand out in that in that uh, in that way? That's a great question. I learned this many years ago in voiceover training, where they actually taught us branding of how to position ourselves in a very saturated market. Because if anyone knows anything about the voiceover industry, it's a tight knit industry. It is hard to get in. It's hard to get an agent just to get an agent, not even just to get a job. So you've really got to position yourself in a way to show the agent why they should bring you on board and why you can make them money. So I took that and I brought it to my actors and I started crafting uh, reels for them and showing them how to position themselves in a way that would make them desirable within the industry. And I realized that I was onto something and why couldn't I do that with entrepreneurs as well? Because that's also a saturated market. And so how can we find you, the real you, the gem that is you, the uniqueness of you and make that stand out? Because that's always what's going to be the thing that's going to separate you from the crowd, that's going to make you shine from all the noise online and going to draw people to you. It's when you pretend or you try too hard to be something that you think everyone tells you to be by listening to all this nonsense online of you should do this and that and whatever. If it doesn't work for you and your brand and who you uniquely are, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot, you know, there are a lot of tools out there, right? Yeah. That you can choose to use, but yeah. there's also a lot of 
marketing out mm. there, right? Oftentimes with students, they'll they'll be they'll get caught up in like, well, I'm supposed to do it this way, or I'm supposed to. That I'm like, who says that? Who says you should? Yeah. What's that yeah. shit word? You're shitting all over yourself, right? Who says you <laughs> should? And and oftentimes they'll say, well, ex expert or so and so, and I'm like, you're falling for their marketing. You know yeah. what I mean? You're buying into what they're selling, but it may not actually be right for you and your business and your brand. And in this case, the voice of your brand, of what you are trying or wanting to say and how is the best way for you to say it. So, you know, when you're working with clients, how do you craft that? Like, like how do you craft the message with them? That's a good question. So I always start with removing any sort of old stories that might be in their head that are holding them back so that we can really find what their voice is all about because a lot of them don't even know. They don't even know what's holding them back and they don't even know what their voice is. So first we got to work, work on that. That's the whole thing. It's the thing of, are they even problem aware? We talk about problem awareness, right? Do they even know that what's going on? What's there? They don't. A lot of times what I do with my students is I do a voice assessment when I first work with them and I'll ask them to send me a piece of their work. So it could be a webinar that they've done. It could be a reel that they've put on TikTok or Instagram. And I will assess it for all the different categories within voice. And I will pick up on things and I will tell them and they will have no idea that they were doing it until I said it. So the first step is always awareness. And so I'm like the awareness person that tells them what other people are picking up on. They yeah. may not know what they're picking up on, but they're picking up on something. So my job is to recognize what that is and help them shift it so that they can start to attract people instead of repel or push them away. Mm, I love and that's this. All, through the voice. All, all of a sudden I'm like, I need a voice assessment. I need my voice assessment. (laughs) I love it. You just, you just right there created demand. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of people are now keen into visibility and uh, being seen and, and thinking about being the face of their brand. But a lot of people aren't thinking about the voice that is the other part of their brand. And that's actually the majority of it. Your messaging is so important, but it's the actual delivery that's the key because I think they say it's about 93% of it is nonverbal. Yeah. And a lot of the work I do with my students is to remove from speaking logically and start speaking emotionally and with feeling, connecting to the words you personally because when you can do that, then you can connect to your audience. Yeah, we talk about this a lot because, too, because you can be given a template, you can be given a script, they don't work. They're not they going to work. work. Yeah. They're not going to work for you because that's not your voice. It's not Correct. your word. It's not coming from you in an organic fashion. And people can read through it. I know I've tried it. I don't know about you, but of course, when I, especially when I first started, I You're would in try the it. right place if. Yeah. Blah, 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 right? Blah, 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 right? Like I would try it. To, yeah. to try it on because yes, yeah. they are tools, but then how can you take the tools and make them your own? Yeah. And that really goes into that authenticity piece. Yeah. And how do you teach somebody to be authentic is the question. You remove all the crap. Yeah. So they can actually find out who they are, what that authenticity is and remove 
oh my gosh, I talk about this all the time when I work with my students who are entre entrepreneurs and I got to teach them about the fourth wall. It's removing that fourth wall. Yeah, you for know? anybody out there that doesn't know the fourth wall, what is the fourth wall? So, okay, yeah. so when you're in a play on stage <laughs> and you're talking to the other actor and the audience is there, there's a imaginary fourth wall so that you don't see the audience, but the audience is actually there. So you're pretending the audience is, isn't there, but that's the fourth wall. It's as if there's a wall there and you can't see them. And now you're breaking down that fourth wall. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and we do that, right? Like that's yeah. how you really connect with people yeah. when you break it down. Because if you're too much sort of on like, you know, an authority pedestal, so to speak, mm -hmm. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you don't become relatable, right? No, How can you relate to somebody who is way up and above and beyond, right? And in this yeah. sort of glass house, once you break through that glass and you connect, that's when people want to connect with you. At least that's my theory. Totally. That's it. The people can sense it. They can sense your BS. They can sense when you're up yourself. They can sense when you're nervous. Yeah. They can sense it all. Yeah. And that's that when, you know, when they're making a judgment, let's say whether or not they want to join your program or work with you or whatever, they're basing it off in that moment. They base it off of emotion, not logic. So if you're coming from a logical place, you know, you may lose a sale or two or maybe more. Or maybe more. Yeah. yeah. In, in any way around it, you're leaving money on the table. As they you're say. leaving money on the table. That's right. Yeah. And you're not being, you're not helping others, helping the people that you want to help and reaching the people you want to reach ultimately. Um, Correct. And that's really what it's about. You know, it's about serving others and, and creating a greater impact in the world. And when you are all up in your head and you lose that connection, then you can't possibly serve others because you're making it about yourself. Yeah, I talk about this. Very all selfish. Too. I talk about this all the time with my with my with my students about not making it about you. It's not about yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And the minute you make it about the other, you become less nervous. Actually, so true. That's you know? it. And yeah. and you step into your authority in a way that is more embodied. Yeah, it feels better. It feels more aligned with you too. Yeah. Yeah, so authority is an interesting thing too because I think there's two 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 sides of that coin. You know what I mean? Like there's the I'm going to demand authority or I'm going to step into it. Yeah. Because I think with a lot of my students, it's about like stepping into it, owning it. Yeah. I don't tend to attract people that are look at me, look how great I am, right? They're more mm -hmm. on the other side of it of needing to fully step in and embody what advice do you have for somebody who's, who's trying to sort of step in to their authority and own their power one of the greatest things you can do is breathe because the breath i have no idea helps. what you're talking about <laughs> you and i probably teach very similar no, um, <laughs> a little bit that. different <laughs> i love it i mean the breath is going to automatically calm you and help position you in that authority you already have the authority within you now it's about allowing it to come up the breath what the breath does is it opens up everything that's been held down and if we want to have that 
authentic connection with somebody, that vulnerability, it's all related that with the authority and everything we've got to allow our emotions out. If we're shallow breathing, we're holding it all in. So for me, it always starts with the breath, but then there's certain tools that you can use in your vocal toolkit to exude authority, you know? So volume, for example, is one that you can definitely use to show authority, but it's about using it in a way that makes sense. Everything doesn't have to be loud because that's annoying. That's not authoritative, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's about being strategic with your volume. Vocal um, variety, my friends. It's vocal variety, exactly. But it can be a very powerful thing when you can combine the emotional element and the authority with your voice, you've got things like volume, intonation, the pace at which you speak, pausing, all of these things can help you sound authoritative as well as authentic. Mm. Yeah. Have you found, curious, that working with Aussies, for instance, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is different than, say, Americans? Is there, like, differences in globally in the way in which people use their voice or approach their authenticity it's fascinating because i've been here 18 years but pretty quickly i learned that culture shapes the way we speak and how we interact with others and i had a massive culture shock when i moved here because i really wanted to make friends and i felt like people didn't like me. They, they were repelled by me because I had too much energy. I was like, Oh, I'm doing town. Be friends with me. Hang out. Let's do something. And it was too much for the Aussies. They're more laid back than we are. They're so laid back. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they have a different way of communicating because yeah. their culture is different. So the culture and the communication are really tied together and you see that a lot. Like if you see an American come to Australia, they're so loud. Everyone's like, whoa, <laughs> why are you so loud? So with, you know, let's say, for example, online business, because you have the potential to work with people all over the world. If you want to reach a global audience, I think it's very important to understand that people do speak and react to voices differently. So, for example, Australians have this amazing upward inflection at the ends of their thoughts or statements where everything sounds like a question. Now, if you put that Australian in a U.S. audience, the U.S. audience is going to go, why is that person so doubtful of themselves? Why are they hesitant? They may speak over them. They see that as a weakness. And so I've noticed this, you know, and speaking with several of my Aussie clients who have moved to the U.S. and have spoken in different platforms in different ways. I actually had one client. She's Australian. She learned the American accent with me as an actor, but then she moved over to the U.S. and got a non-acting job. And she actually started speaking American 100% because she said people weren't taking me seriously when wow, I was speaking Australian. Yeah. And so now she's noticed in that environment, people take her seriously now speaking American, but she knows a, a total difference. 
Okay. And that's all wrapped up in the, the voice toolkit, how you use your intonation patterns, your pitch, your, your, your volume, your pacing. It's all connected. I'm a little gobsmacked by the fact that, that that was her experience. But then again, not really, you know, at the end of the day that, you know, you go, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, in many ways, it comes back to what is your, what is your purpose? What is your reason? And how do you speak then with a greater purpose? Like, what does that mean ultimately? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you're working with people and you're working with their voice and they're learning to then step in to their voice into almost like, it's almost like you have to like grow into it in a way, right? Like grow into your voice. How do you connect that to a greater purpose? How do you connect it to an audience so that they can then see you in that authority, I guess is my question. I think it just naturally happens. I think once you find your voice and you already know your greater, like if you already know your greater purpose and then you find your voice, I think that's a moment where you just skyrocket. Yeah. Because everything now makes sense and it feels good. Whereas before it just felt off and uncomfortable and you didn't know how to fix it. It's sort of that thing that like people don't even know they're not aware of, but then when they tap into it, they go, oh my gosh, this has made a huge difference. Can't tell you how many students have gone. I'm so thankful I worked with you because things have shifted dramatically for me. And that makes me feel good because I really want people to know their purpose and be able to feel comfortable sharing it on a much bigger scale and not hold back. Yeah, that's like sort of that inside out thing, right? Like working from the inside out yeah, the outside in, right? As actors, there's different techniques and styles of working outside in or inside out. But your voice is what's in between always. Yeah. You know, no matter which way you're working. And I always remind people that our voice is energy. It's energy that's in our voice. It's literally vibration. It's vibration. And so you can shift that vibration. And if you're low, we'll hear that low vibration coming out in your voice. But if you're feeling good about yourself, that will exude out. So do you want people to hear that you're having a bad day? Or do you want people to hear that you're having a great day? You know? And you can also, if you're having a bad day, you, you can play around and hide it, you know? You can have a bad day and be like, I'm, I'm having a good day. Like you can't hide it. But, you know, chances are people are going to hear that. They can hear when you're being false. We hear that subtlety. We hear the subtleties. That's it. We yeah. pick up on it. The thing is, is that audiences really, truly don't necessarily know what they're picking up on, but they're picking up on everything that you're dishing out. Well, they're picking up on falsity. Ultimately. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like speaking of actors, when you watch an actor and they're fully in it and they're Mm. living truth, you're like, wow, that's so real. And yet the minute they have a false moment, you're taken out of it. Totally. And I think it's the same with with the voice. You know, when somebody's even though you don't know, they haven't told you, you can sense when somebody's out of alignment, ultimately not speaking from real truth. Yeah. So I, you know, for me, that's like, you know, what is the greatest uh, sort of advice of all of the voices? Speak your actual truth. Yeah. 
And a lot of it is center, centered around the, the vocal cords because that area is meant to be passive, a passenger when you speak. It's really about your breath and your articulators. Your articulators are your lips, your lower jaw, your tongue, your soft palate. Those are the areas that are meant to be active, energized, sharing your message with the person as well as the breath. The breath is like the fuel in your tank to give energy to your voice, but your vocal cords are actually passive. And so many people put the emphasis on their vocal cords and this is them trying to maybe push the energy or push the ideas. Oftentimes that's where you find strain in your voice or you lose your voice because you're trying too hard. Yeah. And that's why somebody loses their voice. Like if they're speaking, have a speaking gig or they're, you know, maybe teaching for long periods of time, they're almost pushing their idea and not sort of living in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for entrepreneurs, this is new territory that so many people have been thrown into you know, back in the olden days, you didn't have to do all this social media stuff and podcasting and this and that. It's a lot for, for people to wrap themselves around. Like maybe they would do like a live talk or they might go to like a, a summit or some sort of thing in person. But now there's this whole virtual world and all these expectations. And so if you're coming to it with, that, you know, sense of, oh, I got to show up. Oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to prove to these people who I am and what I do. It ain't going to work. Yeah. Indeed. That's really, that really wraps it up right there in a nutshell, really, what you just said, because there's a lot out there now. I'm very thankful for my, I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful for my training. My Very thankful for my training. You know, from the, all of that training that prepped me to be able to do this with, you know, of course, there are days where it doesn't feel particularly easy, but in general, showing up, speaking my truth, standing in it because of that training. And so anybody that's out there who doesn't have that training, but is in this space and wants to serve, be in their greater purpose, stand in their authority how can they reach you so that they can work with you to speak their truth, to get out there? Absolutely. Well, they can reach out to me. I'm on Instagram and the TikToks. It's the same handle at Catherine underscore Beck underscore. I've got a podcast called the Voice of Your Brand Podcast. But if you want to reach out, you can drop me an email anytime. I'm very happy to have a chat. It's info at CatherineBeck.com. We'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes. And you're on the, the grams. I'm on the grams. You're on the TikTok. I'm on the TikTok. I see you on the TikTok. We're friends on the I TikTok. I see you on the, the TikTok. <laughs> We're friends on, on the TikTok and the grams. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely DM us and let us know what was your takeaway from today's episode. Thank you, Catherine, so much. The Beckinator, as you know. Beckinators in the house. The Beckinators in the house today. <laughs> and um, I look forward to spending some time with you in person shortly. So I, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing your insight to the voice, to owning your truth, and to being the authority that you're meant to be. So thank you so oh, much. 
Thank you, Nick. Thanks so much. If you, and I know you did, so I'm not even going to say if, enjoyed today's episode, be sure to DM us and leave a review. We love those. They are super helpful in spreading the word about the podcast. Thank you so much, friends. We'll see you next time.